talk about um, <coughs> development of samadhi and the, so I'll just use a couple of references as normal uh, samadhi is often talked about as samadhi which has a sign or a mark nimitta which means it's based upon a particular perceived object such as breathing or a subtler object such as a sound, subtle inner sound or a sense of space or an element like earth or fire or based upon a heart quality like metta or something like that. So you have a particular thing that you you sort of steer towards with your mind with your attention and focus in on it, you resonate with it, you attune to it. This is a samadhi. So as you kind of pay attention to that, you get a sense of unifying with that particular um, sign or object. Mm. And the act of attending to it does also um, has a, affects the object. So more attention we give to um, the breath, for example, the bigger it gets, the wider it gets, the, the more um, fluent it gets, that is, it seems to be <coughs> not just a matter of what you might normally think it to be, just breath going in that, your nose or mouth or throat, but something that suffuses the body, there's all kinds of energies and spaces and tonalities within it, so it, uh, that's through giving it attention. Mm. Is it there or is it not there? It's something, why don't we normally perceive things this way? Because um, the act of attention is something that's often blurred or, or carried by particular agendas. Like we don't, it's not really important, so we just give it, oh well, okay, that's that, breathing, yeah, fine, I'm alive, go on, next thing. So that, in that we, we add a particular quality of... Um, Inattention. Mm. So we add something. You know, we add the quality of inattention and impatience or whatever. You know, maybe we're moving on to something else. That's not important right now. But when you add attention, then it, things look different. So it's not to say which is real and which isn't, but just because we're in a dependent the arisen experience is the realities change dependent upon attention and intention you know what your intentions are what you see people as what you see things as depends upon your you know where you're coming from broadly and how much detail or attention you give to things mm. and we all recognize this because often it's the case that you know something that one person's given a lot of attention to sees in one way other person hasn't given much attention to and sees it well, no, doesn't see it at all that way and you get these kind of conflicting realities around practically everything in our, in our life particularly specialising things like maintenance or I was talking about the floor the other day how they'd had to work with quite a lot of practice just getting over the sense of suffering involved in the floor of this hall which I'd never really recognised <laughs> They, you know, had they given it some attention and, and they'd seen certain things they thought could have been improved or whatever. And yeah, you know, not to say it's not r- right, but it, it, to me, unfortunate <laughs> to that extent, because <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> uh, it's not to say it's that one's right, one's wrong, but just the act of attention does change how things manifest and how we attend. So as I think as we often commented, you know, if you if your mind is in a negative state, you tend to see, you know, you've got an intention that's that's affected by an attention that's affected by arity or negativity. So then you tend to see the things that you know, confirm that. He doesn't do that, he always does this, this is like that, that's not like this. And then it builds up, you know. Only the world becomes very skewed that way. And you say, yeah, it's all true. 
But then you could look another way. Oh, she does this and he does that, and he's always there and he never does that. Oh, oh. <laughs> something changes and it's in a lovely place again. Uh, so the act of attention. And then how much that affects how, how, how we're motivated, isn't it? You know, you know, both. Whether you feel ego or you feel depressed, whether you feel deflated or you feel inspired, whether you feel how it is, you know. Mm. That makes us more sensitive in particular ways. So the whole thing is very much bound up. But it's not to say that, you know, say that everything affects. So inattention, inattention is not nothing happening, it's something happening. <laughs> you know, it is, you know, maybe not as in doing it deliberately. It's not saying, you know, this is a moral thing that you're doing deliberately, but inattention has its effects, attention has its effects, and sometimes it's good to be inattentive. You know, certain things one doesn't want to put attention onto. You know, things that cause uh, lust or hatred or um, confusion. Best to not attend to that. So, you know, there's a type of attention and type of inattention. They are contributory factors to what we experience. And what it does is it builds up a particular character of, of characteristic of this, the object that we're contemplating. Mm. You know. So it, it kind of heightens it. Mm. As we might say, you know, if you look at the thing and you see all the things that are wrong or blemished, all those features stand out, and you, the object becomes a, was a symbol of the of the failings, or the blemishes, or the corrupted, in the world or in one's mind or wherever, you know. Or you could alternatively look at contemplate the things that are pure or straight or peaceful or calm or joyful or inspiring. You get that particular object. Mm. So, you know, this is the nimitta. So the nimitta you know, is really <coughs> not exactly an object separate from one's mind, nor is an object purely created by one's mind. It's a dependently arisen thing. And it's happening all the time. It's not just some, you know, esoteric meditative teaching. <laughs> it's happening all the time. You know, all the time we're getting these... That's all we, that's all we really see and hear. And uh, kind of things are marked in this way. Uh, what you think about yourself and what I think about you are probably two very different creatures. But, okay, so then as a general reflection, just good to remember what, what you think and what you see is not some unfailing truth, but very much a dependently arisen thing, you know, and how you regard yourself and, you know, then you can change, you can shift it, which is good news. So we can contribute in the act of establishing objects in our own hearts and minds. So this is Nimitta, and uh, so this is one way in which we develop Samadhi by, by cultivating, developing a skillful sign something that's got joy, um, clarity, um, calm, steadiness, mm, develop that. And so this is the nimitta samadhi. And then there's the animitta, the signless samadhi, which is through um, well, focusing on the ending of phenomena, where phenomena fade, or where they arise from. Mm. So, very often we begin with, say, where the things end, the moment of the end of a sound, or the end of a sight, or the end of a thought. Just to, just begin to acknowledge there is such a thing, you know, <laughs> that things are wavering. And we get that sense of that, how you can stretch your attention 
past the actual manifestation of an object into its kind of waning or its declining, you know, or its ebbing. But you get that recognition how you can stretch attention. Then most significantly you can actually stretch your attention almost before the thing arises. So it's like this is the case with, with thought. You know, like being so you could say it's almost like being in the state of about to remember something but not quite doing it. You get that <laughs> Except it's not done with a kind of strain of trying to remember something, just that moment or uh, of what's happening so you can recognize that that can happen <coughs> so it's called the signless because there's no particular sign signs may come out of that and in that um, signless animator the more one can focus on that then we can begin to um, Relax the, the the concoct or the compulsive creation of signs. That is when signs are created without us even knowing it. You know, so there's residues of some kind of negativity or aversion, ill will, whatever it is, or some residues of craving and hunger, or some residues of doubt and and confusion. So if we come, so come to the signless you can always feel those things start to tug but you can keep coming back behind it so signlessness is is also a mark of of um, if it's a mark you know if it's a nibbana and the uh, release is signless mm. so this of course is things like the don't know mind or Chan does this a lot, Hua Tou, which is the the device of questioning your thoughts, who is thinking, or coming back to the beginning of the thought, silent illumination, and um, some of the Tibetan teachings, Mahamudra and Longchen also touch into this particular quality of just open, openness. This is Animita. And they have their advantages and disadvantages. The drawback for the Nimitta is you can get too intensely fixated on trying to get something going. Mm. and getting too fussy or obsessive about it so the quality of intensity can get too too strong to the point when um, one is losing the sense of ability to just reflect to 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 review if you see what I mean that is with samadhi you develop a particular sense of object or calm or steadiness then you something you can step back I can only put it like that you know, hmm, it's like this now this is condition uh-huh. mm. Mm. so we're not buying into it as an ultimate thing now if one gets too in- intense about it all then it, it gets to be like you've really got to get this and do this and have this and now I've got one I'm going to keep it that kind of thing um, and then one loses that ability to, to the reviewing aspect of the practice starts to wane we got, begin to take ourselves in very seriously and uh, um, in, a, in, a, in a way that's not skillful it's kind of a lot of self gets stuck into it probably with animita is that it's exactly the opposite one can get so unintense that <laughs> <laughs> it turns into sort of sort of swamp of uh, adult adultness, <laughs> adult, adult befuddled. <laughs> so, uh, 
So he just kind of gormless rather than signless. <laughs> and probably most of us swing from one to the other at <laughs> <Elder> degrees. <laughs> and it's really only in, in all this that one begins to find a kind of, you know, now you shape it up and now you just come back to the space around that. Mm. Because essentially, you know, one would always say that um, attention to manifest objects is skill is helpful. <laughs> Part of yeah. life. And yet too much attention to them you get intense and obsessive. You need to know the space around objects, physical, emotional, conceptual. Otherwise, one gets too kind of you know obsessive about it all. Mm. The lightness, the space, is lost. Now we can can use. Um, Nimitta samadhi or samadhi on, on forms, it's developed around forms and perceptions just to help to harmonize and balance one's energies. You know, so this is really the paramount aim of samadhi is to cleanse the mind from the hindrances. The hindrances you have topics we get angry or upset about or crave after but you can and those you can you can deal with in other ways you know wise reflection renunciation you know whatever it is you know actually to bring up parameter in what one's doing mm. you know, developing loving kindness or developing renunciation or developing equanimity developing patience and this is the what one would say cultivation of paramita which is a kind of basic standard of Buddhist practice um, and then in the cultivation of samadhi within that then <coughs> you begin to recognize that the hindrances whatever their topic whatever particular thing they crystallize around whatever voices and memories they bring up in your mind, whatever person you seem to become, and all that, all that, you know, which can get pretty complex, you fundamental, I say, energetic patterns occur, which are quite mm, simple, because they're simpler, they're easier. You can feel the, you know, the bristling of anger, burning, anger or the sinking of depression and doubt or the kind of reaching out and clawing of craving, sense desire or the general scattered state of scattering effect, prickly scattering effect of restlessness or the clawing blanketing effect of dullness, like one heavy thing that drags you down it's like it seals you off. Sometimes it's like being dullness is like being wrapped up, having your head wrapped up in a sheet. You can't see, you can't really breathe, it's just sort of tightening up around your head. And you know, the kind of sense faculty is dimming and dulling down. So it's got that particular effect, a kind of a contracting effect, dullness. And it's quite vigorous. You know, some of the most vigorous moments have been in dullness. <laughs> it's a life of its own. <laughs> you get to savour different aspects of dullness. <laughs> From the bored dullness to the defeated dullness and to the <laughs> resentful dullness. So you kind of contemplating these things as energies that suck you down or blow you up. So the language, if you like, 
sort of feel, feeling that in the body. And if you try to feel it in the, in the body rather than go on to the topics that it crystallizes around or that it brings up, these hindrances bring up, you just kind of feel the sense of that, the gnawing or the sucking or the clawing or the pressure in the body. Then you can use the mark or the characteristic or the nimitta of the body, you know, as your sign. And you can feel it kind of being compressed or spaced out or falling away or burning up. Um, and then you kind of keep back coming back to a more trying to clear that sign. So you come back to the, the structure, the bones, the uprightness of the body, the suppleness of the flesh. You know, so if the mind is getting stiff and dull, you come to more like the sense of the of the energy that moves up the body or the 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 um, fluidity of the body, the water element or the fire element in the body. Fire element, you can see it's, it's life force itself. And the water element is, is the mo- mobility. The, the body can seem to be rigid and um, contracted under dullness. The shoulders seem to contract, the head contracts, the eyes shut down, everything kind of crinkles up. You come back to the, you know, making it more fluid. So this is where it's became where any any development we've had in terms of cultivating elements, the perception of elements is of use, because you begin to, you've got that on hand. You can recognise the the solid, the earth element in the body when one's feeling a bit spaced out or ungrounded, you know where the earth element predominates, probably towards the base of the spine um, or sometimes even just around the, 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 the skeletal structure. Mm. Most obviously, this is the obvious aspects of the, of the or earth element. So you just come to that and keep building up the sense of earth, earth grounded and where you've got something you can actually um, build that up around. Sometimes a sense of the um, <coughs> openness or the air or, the sp- even the, or sometimes the space elements but also the sense of that ability to, to move and be open through the breathing in the chest. The sense of how the chest does open with, with breathing or anything does that. That, that sense of movement and shift. So there are some, and we're just kind of feeling around into our experience internally or even externally, keeping the eyes open, contemplating the space or the light, the fire element as it manifests as light, something that kind of brightens you up a bit. Um, so this is where you, you cultivate internally or externally elements to help to counteract the effect of hindrances on your perceptions and on your energies. That's primarily dealing with actual perceptions based upon, one might say, the physical realities, the the level of rupa, that's the bones, flesh, you know, space, light, in their obvious, obvious ways. You can also cultivate it in, in a more refined way in terms of the energy system in the body where you can feel certain... Um, this is when perhaps the hindrances are less uh, strong. So you can actually get to feel the energy in the body. Your mind is not so um, captured so you can get that sense of attention. But you may need to work on something more obvious, the physical level of form, but the level of subtle form, which is the energetic, somatic experience. You feel certain strong places of energy, the palms, the hands, soles of the feet, um, those are very strong. Um, Centre of the forehead. Um, Also, throat, chest and 
the abdominal regions you can detect particular places where they seem to be a little more the centers of those areas but you might start with just the palms of the hands and feeling the energy in those, the throbbing in those, the tingling in those, the warmth in those No idea of attuning to that, and you can breathe into those, or you can breathe, you know, you can breathe through those, as you can send your, your breath energy through those, or just send your mental energy through those, is it gives your, your attention something to connect to that um, has got a certain resource in it. You know, there's, a bright, there's a brightness there, there's a basic. Uh, um, quite aliveness there in all that. You can walk around with it. And it's something you kind of learn to, you know, just receive. It's also the, the part of your attention that receives it mm. is that which is not. Um, conditioned so much by sense contact which is where the hindrances tend to cluster around sense object and, and sense contact and the perceptions and, and appetites we have around sense contact the energetic stuff is, is much more kind of secluded from that so you can feel that energy with you in a busy place or a quiet place And it does connect quite directly to the general tone of well-being of the body, which sense contact doesn't. with a little bit of practice you can begin to recognize the energy channel of the spine for example as you sit palms the hands the spine and just practice moving moving around there feeling that out you know getting it so you can feel you can shift from your left hand to your right hand back again and you've got definite something there you can you can detect and feel and then from the base of the spine it may go halfway up your back or all the way up and just kind of like tracing a line up, up there and connecting it to the ground and this space above your head and letting your body sense that and relax around that so it's no longer something that's so much held by muscular tension or effort but is held by a kind of an attunement to bodily energy and then the muscles tend to relax and you know, your posture may shift a little bit now this so this, this level of, of bodily experience um, does connect to the mood tones, the chitta-sankara, the things that activate the heart. So as you probably would recognize when you get tense, you know, or when you feel relaxed. There's an energetic experience that goes along with that. And it can have effects, certainly can have effects on the flesh and the muscles. You can feel yourself cramping up or tightening up. But that comes from, you know, that's, that's, that comes from the triggering of this somatic energy, and because you get frightened or startled, you know, energy kind of jumps, and then it triggers off, clenching in the in the in the abdomen, tightening up in the forehead. Um, the thoughts suddenly become much more quick and and hard, and quickly, you know, everything is into battle stations movement 
Wow. This is just over the price of tomatoes, you know. Wow, here I am, about to send a cruise missile in. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so it doesn't really, you know, that's another, that's another story. <laughs> right now, just recognizing here I am, you know, tightened up, jaw clenched, you know, quite a strong energy in the head, thinking very quickly. And there's an energy there. Energy is bristling. Uh, I come down, can I recognize the palms of my hands? Just open up, breathe out through those. Energy needs to come down. Coming down to the base of the spine, ground, soles of the feet from standing. Just can I, can I breathe this one? Just come down. Not, not forcing myself down, but just saying, uh, are you aware of the floor? You know, is there, you know, are you complete or are you actually just the top half of your body now? And then we establish that and then let things find their, their natural balance, which they will tend to do. You don't have to carp or criticize the emotional state. When we, you know, we all have different ways of being defensive. It's a natural system. You know, it's the way it is. Different styles in which you operate. Uh, that's because we are fearful, frightened, threatened, some kind of way or another. Okay, so let's come down to where we feel safe and settled again. Mm-hmm. Come from there. So you, you know, learning to connect to one's energetic patterns in order to to steady up this chitta-sankara, that heart energy, that emotional active thing, emotional active force, which takes us time and time again. So I don't have to, you know, make an issue about being hot-tempered or not hot-tempered or being loving or not very loving or being excitable or not very excitable. You know, I should be more this and less of that. You know, it's just, okay, you know, it's, just, it's like this. This is, this is a karmic thing. And all we're really, really looking to is, to is to be able to get some perspective on it. So that, that it's like that. Okay, but it's like, it's it's not what I am. Hmm. And then you can find a place to moderate that. So in in daily life this is really important. I feel that much of the time one is actually identifying with these emotive patterns and trying to come up with the right ones. Ones that be most agreeable to everybody, or to what we feel most agreeable. Uh, it gets a real problem there. And being able to receive one's own emotive patterns without fault or favour. And the thing that can do that is through this, this system of just the somatic system, you can just receive the pull of that energy. Okay, it's just happening in that system. Let's go back to the whole system, the feet, the hands, the head, just breathing out. Okay. It's just like that, there's no comment. Let it find its own balance. And the more we can do that, the more we find a sense of contentment confidence in the in the whole pattern of the connected energy. It was okay, it was good. There may be a time it needs to rise up, you know, or it's going to rise up. And then it can also subside. You know, sometimes it just nearly needs to subside. It's it's overwrought, it's overfraught, it's it's been caring, considering, concerned and evolved and all that, you know, now it just needs to <laughs> 
because it, it needs to kind of rest like everything else. So there's a chance to do that, and we can do that internally rather than you know in the moment, rather than you know kind of have to run away somewhere to do it. And being able to cultivate like that. And then who knows, you know, what, what we're going to be affected by. Mm. Trying to be affected by something one isn't affected by is a source of suffering. Trying to not be affected by something one is affected by is a source of suffering. <laughs> we know if this is the effect, and now how to find place for that, this is the non-effect, how to find a place for that. Mm. Now, when we cultivate samadhi, then um, the process is through this accessing the citta sankara, this emotive experience, which comes up in samadhi as piti, rapture, joy, uplifted infused mm. sort of quality so that's necessary because it tends to gather up all the emotive energy so it's no longer you know, going into arati, into negativity arati or doubt or complaining or hatred or lust it's just all kind of gathered into something so it's like a like a positive channel to, to scoop all that energy, all that emotive energy up. So it tends to be something that draws energy away from the hindrances. So hindrances get starved by piti, sukha and ease. So you just starve them out. Can't, they haven't got anything to feed on. And we, you know, various ways we, we try to cultivate that looking or t- attending to the bright, attending to the which stimulates piti. There's both, you know, things that are pleasing, gladdening, calming. Mm-hmm. And also th- the way of attending is momentary, you know, the sense of joyful interest in what one's doing rather than a kind of grim slugging away at a, at a chore or a desperate last pitch, you know, assault on some, you know, peak. There's the interest and joy in what the ending without breath really feels like and what the sensation in your hand actually is like. So it's very much geared not just to some notion, you know, some nice idea, but actually to specific, paying specific attention to to the momentary nature of things. You know, sticking your attention like that and getting interested in that. And this we have to choose and find an object we feel we can give that to. You know, it's like the thing you have to, like, you know, having a lover, you have to find someone who actually inspires that. Then you can start to give attention to that which is lovable. You know, it's some kind of grumpy old so-and-so you don't find that. It's more difficult to get going, isn't it? But you find something where you're naturally... um, Pleased, yeah. meditation. So, a meditation object that naturally you feel some sense of pleased by, you know, and you can develop awareness of the specific momentary nature of that. This is what you develop piti. And it can be the case that you know all kinds of positive emotions begin to resonate with that, like gratitude, loving-kindness, um, inspiration, uh, eagerness and so on, start to develop with that. And then we tend to heighten that. The drawback, and this is, you know, it sounds very positive, the drawback is that one can find one's in this kind of, one starts to move away from the actual object into these kind of side effect resonances which then take over 
and we're in a slightly a kind of subtler form of, of um, hindrance or, or obstacle which can get buzzy and happy which as I said, you know, which at ordinary level isn't much of a problem but for a meditator it becomes a problem because one never is able to really you know, penetrate past that level because this is not what I am, this is just a, an energetic behaviour an emotional behaviour and it's like you want to get past jitta sankara into, into chitta where the sense of self and the most fundamental um, release and the first fundamental obstacles are I mean, if you want kind of keeps getting stuck or distracted onto just the, the, the happy level then you don't get into that and there's also something rather fragile about it too it won't get loses some of the ground and, and it can be blown away or can be disappointed or hurt easily mm. so it tends to lack equanimity and space so we might say well it looks like we might need some more ground here yeah. so it's looking to that aspect of the sign which has more earth or ground in it either even dropping down through the body or coming to something more physical and tangible mm. or aspects of energy that are more about the sense of pressure or boundary or firmness mm. so you might notice if you contemplate energy you generally have a kind of a, a fundamental baseline of it like a general pulse and then there are micro pulses around that that tend to flutter and rise and depending on the tonality of your being this may be even a state of physical health or youth for example or excitement those micro pulses get bigger so you've got a kind of baseline which is almost like a streaming away there and then when you get happy, you've got that kind of but around it goes going on, <laughs> you know, and, so, and it's not. And you can actually lose the baseline in in the other stuff, in the tenor and the alto, as it were. <laughs> or of course, if you go out altogether, you get the kind of baseline, and there's this sagging underneath it, where the tone drops away. And it's really being able to kind of steer back to the baseline of, of the kind of core of energy, which is just the steady quality. Um, well, maybe this is gobbledygook, I don't know. But, <coughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that you can, if you work on these things, you can begin to detect. You know, like if you're feeling the pulse in your hands, for example, you can feel the sort of the centre of it and then around it is sort of slight flaring or pulsing of that and you want to go back to the centre of that which is much more steady the energy is much steadier there so if you attend to the steadying sign of energy you tend to become steadier if that's what you need to do if you're getting a bit kind of leaden and stiff you may need to attend to more the peripheral or the, the moving stuff around it which kind of brightens things up again um, so in, in finding a balance with that with the jitta sankara then it, you, you contemplate energies and even develop perceptions around them like which is the earth energy which is the fire energy which is the air energy so which is the solid which is the pressure which is the steady which is the earth which is the heated heating which is the fire the light the heat the radiance the fire element which is the mobility which is the um, air element and where's the space you know sense of openness um, so you know these are just ways that may, may have some relevance in practice
And I, but ideally, um, we're moving towards, for samadhi, moving towards the level tone. You know, whatever helps you to move towards the level tone, if you need to come up to it or down to it. You know, so you can apply these kind of principles to finding the level tone. I think, personally, for myself anyway, and I imagine, imagine for most people that the sign of space is really important because that's, that's always a neutral ground. In a sense, it is openness, spaciousness, which is both an attitude of mind and something that can be developed as a perception, like the space in this room, an external perception, or uh, a space in the mind, a space of awareness. This is happening to me, this is happening within this particular aware space. And you get a sense of, can I be a bit wider with this? Can I be a bit more open with this? We talk about being broad-minded or opening the heart, that quality of just giving it more space. And that's very helpful. Um, to just be, even, even to get a, a fuller informed reading of what's going on, because sometimes we press so tightly up against what we're doing, we can't see it that clearly. We get too involved. So develop, you can develop these elements, and sometimes energy gets very intense. You know, when we find ourselves just really bursting or or bristling or seething with it, and they're not necessarily negative patterns at all. They're just overwhelmingly intense. And then there's a space here, and then once there's some space, you might need to recognise. Wait a minute, where's the earth? Oh yeah. Space helps you to get a broader perspective than with the earth here. You have to, then you can use a physical sign like the breathing into the earth, breathing down, breathing out, using these or the extremities of the body, the soles of the feet, the fingertips, something that gives you the sense of openness and yet also groundedness, not not just you know, like blown out by all walking meditation or standing helps to get into the peripheries of the body, which is can be helpful to get that sense of connected space. This is um, developing nimitta samadhi. To help to ground the or steady the citta sankara, calm it, and then we can come to well, you know, who's aware of this? Who, which is the question, or one way using a question just to introduce us to the citta which is the receptivity or the, the sensitivity to experience. Not what we feel, but the fact that we feel. Not the feeling, but the ability to feel. Not the concept, but the ability to know. Mm. So it's like that. It's a little bit back from perhaps where we're normally operating. A little bit back from that. Because it's back, it does tend to center and ground us a little more fully. And then we can come into touch with some of those kind of very basic welling of need, you know, that comes up in the chitta of wanting to know, wanting to be, wanting to have, wanting to find, you know, be able to kind of relax that or that because we've developed the skills of doing that through working with the citta sankara this is the benefit of uh, developing samadhi through a through a sign Maybe you can take, using the body, you can take any part of your body, like the pulse in your forearm, throbbing in your throat, because it's really 
you know, body is is the microcosm, and it's got you know any pa- any part of it. If it's got the same patterns, it's got an energy and a and a texture and a physical texture. It will be like looking into the same picture through different windows, and you're finding the window which opens for you. It may be in your lower abdomen, it may be in your throat, maybe in your back or something. Just really looking through the window that seems most open for you. Mm. Um, in terms of s- subtle centers, the light center, or the center of light, or the, which is the most positive aspect of fire because it's cool, is the head, the upper head. So you're focusing there for that sense of brightening. Space is connected to the the throat, the feeling of unconstricted openness around the throat and neck. Air is the chest, you get a sense of continual air, you know, the way air moves through the chest. And the upper abdomen is the diaphragm, you've got the, the earth, which is a very of solid center of the body and beneath this is the water which is to do with diffusion, dispersal and regeneration. So you know sometimes just being able to sweep around and which particular element you know on, on a kind of psychosomatic level we need to uh, this will be most helpful for us. And you find these elements tend to uh, predominate in these particular regions of the body. We'll check that out. Once you've found a particular quality that's helpful, then breathing through that or sensing through that, you can develop your, your sign, your, your meditation object around, the, around that elemental quality.